Foundation's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Here are some of our core values. AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR. I'm Tim Wildman, and co-hosting with me today, I have three colleagues. Uh, we'll see if they're esteemed or not. <laughs> that's, yet to, that's yet to be determined, and we we uh, judge that on a day-to-day basis. Ed Vitagliano, how you doing, Ed? So that that's what it means by day-to-day. Day-to-day. I thought that was kind of a sports thing, but now I realize. Oh, oh day-to-day? Yeah. He's day-to-day. He's day-to-day, right, whether he's esteemed or not. Good morning. Good morning, Walker Wildman. Good morning. Good to be on today. Fred Jackson. Yes, sir. Good are to be here. Is Fred's microphone on? Because I can't hear him. I mean, I, I can, can hear him because he's sitting one foot from me, which is the newly uh, social distance CDC recommendation. I think it's important that sometimes we just keep Canadians quiet. <laughs> you know, they're always hogging the conversation. They're so rambunctious. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting Fred mildly. That's not a good radio term, but uh, that sounds like a sauce. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Fred. Hey, I'm getting I'll have a the, I'll have soft the, dose hey, of the, the rigatoni with the Fred Mildly <laughs> sauce. Okay, are we, are we st- I just want to make sure, uh, folks. We're experiencing technical difficulties beyond our control, live on national radio. Fred's a very integral part of this show, and if if nobody can hear him, you'll just hear us responding. We might as well go back. Oh, to I, th- the I thought we could do without Fred. Well, <laughs> you got just, a song. Just kidding. You got a rap, or you got a song you want to sing? Or you got a list of like stories that? for us. Brent Creeley, our producer, is uh, working diligently to make sure Fred can be heard. The world can hear Fred. Uh, now, does that work? He's got. He's going to cut. Brent's cutting. Cut it on. Testing one two. There's Fred. All right. Can now, ra- can ra- can Fred be heard in Radio Land now, Brent? Yes. He can. Yes, I think I, I I'm hearing myself. Radio Land. That was an expression from the fifties, I guess. Yes. Yes. All you out in Radio Land. Then it may became TV Land. TV. Yeah. And then that became a actual a network. cable channel. Or yeah. All right. Channel. To reset here, ladies and gentlemen, this is a professional radio program. <laughs> it's live. And we're, and we're, it, Regardless of what it we, may seem. And we cover some serious issues, and we're about to get to it right now. Walker, tell folks how they can uh, join us. Yes, uh, we have uh, multiple ways for you to listen to the program and even watch the program on the World Wide Web on the Internet. We have our website, AFR.net, AFR. .net is where you can listen live, but you can also download the app. The AFR app takes you a couple minutes to uh, download the app. And then lastly, if you want to watch the radio show, watch today's issues, just check out our Facebook and YouTube pages. Our Facebook and YouTube pages, type in today's issues, and you can watch the show each weekday there. Go for it. All right. Uh, interesting case before the United States Supreme Court yesterday. It heard arguments on a California law 
that forces nonprofits to make public the names and addresses of their donors. Now, you can imagine uh, somebody contributing to, let's say, a Christian legal firm like Pacific Justice in California. Anybody who contributes to that conservative Christian legal firm would have their names and addresses posted by the state government. So needless to say— But that's any nonprofit, not just conservative. That's right, right? uh, which is why the ACLU uh, liberal lawyers were very upset because they get money from people that they'd rather the public not know where they're getting their money, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, uh, the uh, arguments were heard before the United States Supreme Court yesterday. It's very interesting. Uh, It was almost bipartisan with regards to the justices, how they responded to this. And what we're talking about, those who would be considered conservative justices and liberal justices, both expressing great concern with this law. Uh, They have different concerns, but they don't like it. For instance, Justice Clarence Thomas noted, that the government used confidential census data to locate Japanese citizens for internment during World War II. And he worried about today's toxic climate where people are loosely labeled racist or white supremacist. Now, arguing for conservative groups yesterday was the Alliance Defending Freedom, and uh, John Bursch is a lawyer representing that firm. And uh, this is what he had to say about the justices and their response. It's cut number one. All nine justices asked questions and made comments that were pretty favorable to the plaintiffs and hostile to the state of California. And that's consistent with the friend of the court briefs that got filed in this case. Uh, There were over 250 groups in more than 40 briefs that filed in support of the Law Center and the Foundation. And they ranged all across the ideological spectrum, um, from conservative groups to the ACLU to the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. And more so than any Supreme Court case that I've ever seen, folks on the you know progressive, libertarian, liberal, conservative wing didn't matter. They may not have ever agreed on anything before, and yet they all agree that California's compelled donor policy is unconstitutional. Yeah, and the, one of the things they uh, was mentioned obviously is the danger of this because you can imagine, uh, mm. and, and we saw a little bit of this in uh, Proposition Eight. Yes, in two thousand eight. Yeah, many years ago. Yeah. Uh, when the names were released of some of the major supporters of Proposition 8, and Proposition 8 was uh, uh, securing the, uh, the, def- the biblical definition of marriage between a man and a woman. And one of the major contributors... To that, yeah, well, his name was Brendan Ike. He was yeah. the founder of uh, Mozilla Firefox. Yes. And uh, I, I forget at this day, it was either $1,000 or 2500 It was a fairly minimal amount, but Brendan Ike gave to the pro uh, natural marriage side of the issue, and that passed, by the way, in California, mm-hmm. and um, and so he was basically w- what's called doxed. He yep. his donation was revealed. He was forced to step down. Yes. So uh, at the time, he was a CEO of the company yeah. he helped found. This is uh, totally un-American, and uh, it's been opposed by groups on the left and the right, and in the middle. If there are any middle groups anymore, I don't know <laughs> who's the middle group. Uh, and it's going down. It's going down. It's probably going to be a 9-0, I'm going to predict. A 9-0 decision. Uh, so, next story, Fred. All right. Uh, today in uh, Dallas, there's going to be an appeal hearing. And this involves a former Dallas police officer, uh, Amber Geiger, 
Uh, you may remember this case going back to 2018. She was police officer in Dallas. She had worked a long, long shift. She came home to her apartment. And what she thought was her apartment was actually the apartment below her. And she noticed that the door leading to the apartment was partially open. She looks in, and she sees somebody in the apartment. She felt threatened, and she opened fire. Now, what we do know, and, and, and the basics of the case are not uh, in argument here, is, is that uh, it, was, it was a mistake. And she shot and killed. A deadly mistake. Yes. She shot and killed a black man who was in his apartment or his girlfriend's apartment. And uh, she was a white police officer. In any case, she was. What does uh, race have to do with anything? It doesn't. Well, that that's the way, though, it was portrayed with all the stuff that's been going on. Yes. White cop shoots black yeah. man in his own apartment. Could have been a white man because it was right. his apartment. It wasn't hers. Yeah. I don't know how that happens. Uh, has she been drinking or anything? No, she just came off a late shift. How do you go into your own apartment? Well, if you're in a a, a high-rise apartment they all building, look the same. they all if you punch, you think you're punching the eighth floor, but you accidentally punch the seventh okay. floor. Okay, I guess it could happen, but you're yeah. not paying attention. And he he of course, but you don't go he, in. He saw shoot. someone coming into his apartment, so he got up, I think, mm. and was coming towards the door. Yes, and then she thought he was. In her apartment, robbing it, yes. coming after her, so yes. she pulled off. But what, what and the, shot the point is, this is a, a terrible incident that was. Uh, n- there was no motivation, no racial motivation here, but the media, some in the media, tried to make it one. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, also the the reason the appeal is there today is that she was convicted of murder. Her lawyers are arguing that how. Could it possibly be murder? She had no intent right. that day. And uh, they want the charge reduced to criminally negligent homicide. She was sentenced to 10 years in prison. You may remember this case. Uh, one other thing happened. The judge in the case was was a black woman. And uh, the, the officer, Amber Geiger, she wept over this. She did not say, I didn't do this. She wept over this. And uh, there was the scene in the courtroom when it was all over where the judge came down and hugged Amber Geiger. Uh, they almost became friends in all of this. Yeah. That the, and the, the compassion showed by the judge said, we know it was an accident, but this is the way it has to be. Right. So anyway, the appeals is on today to have the charge reduced to criminally negligent homicide. So we'll have to wait and see. But... To your point, Tim, this all this this is a story today, primarily not because of the basics of the case, but because it involved a white police officer killing a black person, and on and on this goes. Yes, but she wasn't even a police officer at the. I mean, she that was her profession. She was off duty. She's coming home from work. Yes, and she goes into the wrong apartment. Mm-hmm. She thinks it's hers, her apartment, and a man's in there who happens to be black. The man in there, it's his apartment. He thinks, what in the world is this officer coming into my apartment for? I, I don't know. I didn't see it. I don't know all the testimony. That sounds like to me what happened. I don't know. I don't know, you know, how you just, she pulls out a gun and shoots him, and it's terrible, tragic situation. And she, she's going to be uh, charged, charged with man, basically manslaughter, right? No, she's convicted of murder. She's she, convicted of Oh, I'm sorry. I missed yes, that. She was convicted of murder two years ago. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the issues here. 
is that murder, from a just a basic understanding, traditionally how the law works, murder you have to prove intent. Right. Like first degree murder, you have to prove yes. that that the individual, like she went into the apartment seeking the to intent, murder yeah. someone. Right. Which clearly the facts don't bear that out. But but what we have here, and I think yeah. the overall point of the story is that we have a media, and we basically have a mob in America. That any time a, a, a white person is involved in the fatal shooting of a black person, no matter the underlying situation or facts, it's automatically the worst of the worst yeah. um, and a racist right. situation. It's just they're just these people that, uh, especially in the media, they're just trying to inflame things and cause a race war for some reason. I don't know who's in as favor. If that, as if that's going to be good for right. anybody. Right? Good for the country? Yeah. But these news media who always lead with this, it could be it can be in the Anyway, all right. So that's uh, that's uh, what, what, so the latest in that is that's in court today. That's the appeal is in court today. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, that's what happened in the Chauvin case up in Minneapolis. Officer Chauvin, he was convicted on uh, uh, what? All three. Yeah, all three counts. And, and that was the big. I, I don't think most people I know say he he was guilty of third degree. That is negligence uh shouldn't have knelt on a man's neck for third, de- third degree manslaughter third degree manslaughter but but Derek Chauvin did not go after uh, did not intend to go out and kill kill uh George Floyd right but he was convicted of that right of intent basically was he convicted of first degree murder I think he was uh, no. no first degree manslaughter okay first second and third degree manslaughter yeah. I believe yeah but Basically, they were saying they assigned to him intent to murder the guy, George Floyd. I'm talking about. Uh, so, that's uh, that's a story. We've got our good friend Dr. Frank Turek on from North Carolina. Uh, good morning, Frank. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you, sir? I am just fine. I wanted to ask Fred. Uh, I thought Fred, you said that the judge in that case came out and said that we know this was an accident, but somehow she was still convicted of murder. How can that be? Was the jury uh, did the jury come back with a with with that, and the judge disagreed with it? No, no, no. I I, I think what I was saying there is that she's uh, the judge in a very unusual stance showed great compassion on Amber uh-huh. Geiger. They came, she came down from the bench and actually hugged Amber Geiger, right? Uh, uh, because she accepted the fact that Amber Geiger never intended to do this, that she showed great remorse during this. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite a scene, uh, an extremely unusual scene. Uh, so the judge didn't come up with the, no, no, no. with the conviction. It was the jury that did, and the judge is basically saying the jury was wrong because she did not intend to kill her. Well, she was showing compassion that Amber Geiger was truly remorseful over what had happened. Mm. That's the scene that I remembered from that particular court case. Well, I thought it was interesting, too, that uh, Keith Ellison, is that his name, the A.G.? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in uh, Minnesota, in Minnesota, very liberal guy, uh, African American. Uh, he he said uh, about Derek Chauvin, the police officer. Is it Derek? Yes, yes. That he, he felt sorry for him. We had that. You, you got that. that? I thought that was very uh, interesting and and actually but good to hear. You, Brent, we have that clip. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Was this a hate crime? I wouldn't call it that because hate crimes are crimes where there's an explicit motive and uh, of bias. We don't have any evidence that 
Derek Chauvin factored in uh, George Floyd's race as he did what he did. You could have charged him with a hate crime under Minnesota law, yeah. and you chose not to. Could have, um, but we only charge those crimes that we had evidence to, that we could put in front of a jury to prove. If we'd have had a witness that told us that Derek Chauvin made a racial reference, we might have charged him with a hate crime. That was uh, Attorney General Keith Ellison in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and he was talking about uh, Derek Chauvin, the police officer there. And there was, you know, the, Frank, the, the irony here of, of that case, now that you hear Ellison, again, a black man who's a high-level government official who prosecuted the case, right, mm-hmm. against Chauvin, the white police officer in Minneapolis, he says there was no racial animus involved in what Derek Chauvin did, uh, and and he felt anyway. He said he felt bad for him on a human level, talking about Chauvin, the officer, and what he was going through. But the point is, in the aftermath of the George Floyd death, the whole country, you know, was uh, marching and protesting. I'll say the whole country against racism. Yeah, and. What this gentleman is saying is uh, George Floyd didn't die because of racism. I know. That's right. the thing that is so mystifying. Well, it's not mystifying when you know what the media does. But my question is, why are Americans so misinformed on so many issues? Two, two of them. One is racism, and the second is COVID. Why, why are we so misinformed? In fact, let me ask you guys. Um, how many? There's four of us here, so. All right. But, uh, how, but we can how many? Go ahead. How many unarmed black people were killed by police in 2019 in America in the whole year? Fifteen. It's not even that I'll, many. I'll say eleven. Yeah, what? I think it's eleven. It's nine. Nine. According nine. to the Washington oh. Post. Wait a minute. In the whole in the whole country. In the whole country in 2019, there were nine black men killed by police, according to the Washington Post, who they were unarmed. unarmed. And unarmed is still a question. You know, one guy had a brick, for example. One guy had a gun, but he, he wasn't holding it. You know, it was on the seat. <laughs> um, and there were 19 whites, unarmed whites, killed by police in 2019. These numbers have not changed much. There were more in 2020, but not many more. Out of millions of interactions that police have with people of all different ethnic groups, there were nine blacks killed by police in 2019 and 19 whites. So, so Frank, you admit, you admit then that there was a tsunami of, a tsunami. of these yeah, kinds right. of uh, unjustified deaths. It, it, this that's is what's the way, known as that's selection That's the way the media per, portrays it. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's selection bias or confirmation bias. No, and, I, I tell you what's going on here, why this happens now. Mm-hmm. Not the, politi- not the political motivations of the media and the left-wingers who are pushing the narrative, but why this happens is we live in a er- day of cell phone. We live of uh, cell phone videos. We live in an era of social media, instant, mm-hmm. instant uh, response. Uh, we we got to have a drama. And we and uh, you know it's like it's like we got it's like a soap opera almost. We got to have something to feed our, you know, feed our uh, attention. I guess I don't know. So, but so that Twitter, for example. So 
what you do is like this case in North Carolina. Is it North Carolina? With yeah, this, it's here uh, in Elizabeth here, here, City. Okay, here, yeah. this is a prime example. You have a, a fella who was, uh, you know, who's a, a, a career drug, criminal. A, career criminal. Okay. Now the, the it, it it's a story, but it becomes a national and international story because of the things I just mentioned a few minutes ago. It would have otherwise, in the old days, been a a local story, for example. But when you have that. And then we'll have it again in two more weeks somewhere else in America, and two more weeks in somewhere in America. And the media keeps pushing that, and all, all they want to focus on if they can find a white police officer involved in the shooting or death of, a, of an African-American man, that's what they're looking for. They're not interested in anything else. They want that so that America thinks that there are 10,000 a month of, of, uh, killed nationally uh, of, of those kinds of situations, when in fact what you're saying here, uh, Frank, is that that nine or ten or eleven total in the country in a whole year. So it's not true that white police officers are set out to gun down African American men. Right. That's not true at all. The facts don't support that. Yet that's the narrative. That the media, many in the media, want, and the left-wing uh, pundits want to push. Why do they want to push that, Frank? Why? Well, I don't know their motivations, but I think defunding. You don't police, know their motivations. You don't even have a guess. I bet you do. Well, Go ahead. guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know why anyone would want a race war. I really don't, unless they just want to continue to say we're the party that's going to help uh, help help solve this problem so you need to vote for us so it's all more about power then because the the one party that does want to engage in identity politics obviously are the democrats they that's what they do they break people up into these groups and what we need to emphasize is is that we have much more in common with people we're all made in the image of god rather than emphasizing our superficial differences like skin color and yet the other side the democrats the left in this world they want to accentuate that and they want everybody to be divided up in these tribes, which is not the way you're going to have e pluribus unum in the many one. You're not going to have that if they keep doing that. Okay. See, I knew you could do it. <laughs> I knew you, that's exactly what's going on, what you just described. Yeah. That Walker, this is being exploited by the Democratic Party to uh, keep the animus uh, against, uh, I don't know, against what, police. They're, against they're, they're Marxist. They're Marxist. Who, who's they? The Democrats are Marxist. Okay. Their party is run by Marxists, and so are some of these major corporations. People, if they're not Marxists themselves, they're Marxist sympathizers. And so what do you do with Marxism? How does it succeed? You divide people. So it's not just about law enforcement or just about white people and black people. This is about dividing. Remember, they do this with LGBT, LGBTQ. See, I can't even say it. <laughs> they, they do it with that issue. They do it with every everything is a, di a, a dividing issue. There is no unity. You look yeah. at the Democrat Party platform, they have nothing good to run on other than hate and division. Yeah. And so that's what they do. They did it. They went after Donald Trump for years, made him out to be the boogeyman. And, and they do this every turn they can. They they turn it into a, a divisive it's, issue. It's an extension of the critical race theory. Right. That's what it is. It's about dividing this country. It's an attempt like the 1619 Project to rewrite the history of this country 
the allegation being that this country is built on racism, is built on slavery, and that something must be done, changes must be made to change this country. It's a political agenda, and yeah. it's and it's satanic, can, quite frankly. Can you hold on to the break, Frank? Sure, absolutely. Okay, and then Ed, get your thoughts. Absolutely. On this, uh, I've got thoughts, buddy. We're going to get them. We're going to get them. We're going to pull them out of you. You like won't I have did to, Frank. Right you won't there. have to guess. I will not let you get away with saying I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you exactly what's going on here. We'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for joining us here on AFR. Next time on Today's Issues, our guest will be Abraham Hamilton III of the Hamilton Corner. When you think about God's declaration that Abel's blood cried out to him from the ground, from the ground, you think that these babies were being slaughtered, that there's anything less going on with them? Don't miss the next Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio and on Facebook. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox my hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. New Census Bureau numbers are out, and it's good news for the southern states. More folks evacuating places like New York, Ohio, and California, among the states losing at least one congressional seat. Colorado, Florida, North Carolina, Montana, and Oregon will gain at least one seat. Seems more Americans are migrating to the west and the south. Texas, the only state gaining two additional seats leading some Republican lawmakers to predict they will indeed retake control of the House in 2022. It's really no surprise that folks are moving south of the Mason-Dixon line. I mean, let's be honest. Would you rather sit on a front porch, rocking chair with a funeral fan, drinking sweet tea from a mason jar? Or would you rather dodge bullets on the stoop of a Brooklyn brownstone? 
Pass me some more of that fried chicken while you think about it. Be sure to download my free daily podcast and my newsletter at ToddStarnes.com. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim with Ed, Walker, Fred, and Frank. Sound like, like a doo-wop group. Howdy. <laughs> huh? Right there. Uh, Frank Turek joining us from North Carolina. Uh, you want to talk about the COVID numbers. Go. Right. Well, I wanted to mention that in addition to people misunderstanding or being misinformed about racism in America, we're, we're also misinformed on the COVID situation. Let me ask you guys, what percentage of COVID people who test positive for COVID have to be hospitalized? What do you think it is? Single digit for sure. Oh, Frank, you know, it's at least 50 percent. <laughs> I know, you know, better Walker. <laughs> I'll say 5 percent. Yeah. You guys are right, but the American public thinks it's about 10 times that rate. Mm-hmm. The, the actual figure is somewhere between 1 and 5%. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, this survey that was done last month, or actually done in December, just released that last month, says many adults, 35%, say that at least half of infected people need hospitalization. Now, why is it? Why are people so far off? Because it's the same reason with regard to uh, the racism issue between white cops and 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 black uh, people being shot by cops. It's it's the media that puts forth puts forth this this doom kind of scenario, and they press this on and on. In fact, this one study put out uh, by, who was this put out by? The American, it's uh, by Gallup and the Franklin Templeton Foundation found out that the American media is 5.5 times more pessimistic than the international media on COVID. Yeah, right. Is it is it just to sell uh, advertise time, advertiser time to get ratings up? What is it? I don't know. Uh, according it's, to it's CNN. Politi- it's politics. Politics and I, CNN said that, it, it, that it's good for the ratings. The major... Uh, news networks in this country are no different from the Democratic Party. Yeah, they are one in the same. The journalists know they're lying and misleading the American public, but they are doing it because they believe in the political agenda of Joe Biden. Yeah, that that's that's the bottom line in this. They know they are lying to the American people. They know it. Propaganda. That's it's what they, that's the word they used. Yes, the producer. One yes. of the one well, of that's it. Yeah, that's what this study says, Fred. This this study says those who overestimate risks to young people or hold an exaggerated sense of risk upon infection are more likely to favor closing schools, restaurants, and other businesses. This mm-hmm. is the, the authors of this study. So it is all political at this point. I mean, people are just freaked out over COVID. When you really look at the at, at the situation, it's not nearly as bad as the media puts out. Same thing is true with the racism issue in cops. Yes. So, you're, so you're saying the, the just to be clear, mm-hmm. the real statistics uh, are that what percentage of people are hospitalized? 
somewhere between 1% and 5%. We don't actually know the right number, but it's somewhere in there. And, and yet 35% of Americans think 50% of people who get COVID are hospitalized. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> huh? This is, a, this is what Bill Maher hit on in one of his opening monologues the other night, a week ago, because what he what Bill Maher was saying, ironically, even though he's, he's a hardcore Democrat traditionally, is the, the – the Democrats and the media claim that Republicans are the science deniers, <laughs> but on on the topic of COVID, it's the Democrats that are the science deniers. Well, yeah, you know, I was on Mars show several times about twenty years ago, and although I don't agree with him on much, he he is right on certain issues. Uh, way back when in nine eleven, I mean, he he knew what radical Islam taught. While right. the media is going, oh, Islam's a religion of peace, right? He knows what's going on with COVID, and he'll speak the truth about that. So he's not off base all the time. He gets some things right, Bill Maher does. Yeah, he does. Uh, right, listen, Frank, uh, give us your website and what's there and what's coming up on Cross-Examined this weekend. Something exciting is coming up this week on the Cross-Examined <laughs> program. It's on Saturday, so I don't exactly know just yet. Surprises ahead. Yes, crossexamined.org is our website, Cross-Examined with a D on the end of it. We're on at 10 Eastern, 9 Central, and also on Sunday, I think, 5 Eastern and 4 Central here on the American Family Radio Network. Thank you, Frank. Great being with you guys. Good Just one us. more thing to add. I, I, I think we ought to give a collective thank you to Dr. Fauci. He has been so consistent <laughs> in all of this. Never changes his mind. Consistently the, the, the man, The man's a rock. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he is like the rock of Gibraltar when it comes to science. All right, here we go. Cut number 10. The latest from Dr. Fauci on masks, okay? Here we go. Cut number 10. Let's talk about masks. I mean, you're seeing more and more talk about it. I know the CDC is looking at perhaps revising their guidance about uh, wearing masks outdoors at this time. What's your best guidance on that at this point? I don't want to get ahead of them, George, but I think it's pretty common sense now that outdoor risk is really, really quite low, particularly, I mean, if you were a vaccinated person wearing a, wearing a mask outdoors, I mean, obviously the risk is minuscule. Minuscule. You know what? I don't even have a science degree, and I'm sure Dr. Fauci would beat me on a test. <laughs> but let me tell you something. Uh, I could I told him I could have told him that a year ago, uh-huh. and ten years ago too. Yeah, we all know that. We all knew this a year ago. You're not going to get this COVID from from when you're outside, right? Because the air is dispersed. This is, and and he invokes. He, did you hear him use the expression common sense? Yeah. Yes. Have you ever heard him say that before? Now I he haven't. says it's common sense. Well, common sense was common sense now as it was a year ago. You see well, my yeah. point? Common sense, I think, told us that when he said you you should maybe wear two masks, common sense said, I don't think so. That doesn't sound right. right. Listen, I, when Dr. Anthony Fauci uh-huh. finally fades Who's an Italian? from the, That's right. Finally fades from the public eye. I will be glad for a number of reasons, but top on the list is so I don't have to listen to Fred Jackson butcher his name day in and day out and call him Anthony Fauci. Okay, I'm just stuck because, between the two of you here. Just because what the is Canadian right here? can't what do you, hold pronounce on just an second. Italian hold on name. All right, hold on just a second. Uh, what, what do you refer, how do you pronounce his name, Fred? Fauci. <laughs> Fauci. Liar! <laughs> Fauci? 
What's the correct? Let's turn to the Italian to find out what is the correct pronunciation. It's a Fauci. It's a <laughs> Antonio Fauci. Why is that so hard to say, Fred? Huh? Huh? You hoser. Here, here's the problem. I don't use I my hands. Idea. I don't use my hands That's to talk. That's right. There you you go. gotta get the hands to go. They don't do that in Nova Scotia. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh my you word. You know what? What's so ironic though is. You know, not just Dr. Fauci, but even when you just look at the CDC, you know, they they make these uh, announcements and these statements and policy recommendations on <clears throat> what they call science. But what we've noticed is, boy, is that changing. Yes. Boy, is that changing. Yes, science. But, yes, but here's the, here's the problem with that, as you're pointing out, is that I, I don't have a problem with somebody saying, I don't know. Even Dr. Fauci or whoever it is at the CDC said, we're still trying to figure this out. We don't yep. know absolutely. Right. So uh, we're, we're, we'll be releasing statistics or findings as we go. Yes, and it may but, change. It, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm good I'm, with that, I'm too. good with that. I'm fine with that. But when you say, when you make pronouncements of, of something that's, that, that's you say we're following the science, that is the science thus Face mask must be worn outside. Okay, and then the after that is, and if you don't listen to us, you're an ignoramus, right? Or you're a fool, or you don't care about other people's lives because this is settled. Yeah, and, and scientific information that might come that might add to the discussion is censored from Twitter yes. and Facebook and YouTube. Right, yeah. you can't even yes with those groups you can't you those organizations. You can't even they even censored Ron DeSantis, the yes, governor right. DeSantis, the governor yeah. of of Florida, from even asking a question or giving an alternative opinion or having a doctor on his panel yeah. who said something contrary or questioned the CDC. Then you're shut down right. by the social media giants because you, why you're questioning? Yes, you're yeah. you're refuting science. So to your point, Walker, uh, is that the, the don't try to shame me. Uh, Fauci and Dr. Fauci and CDC and people who follow them mm -hmm. uh, now and then six months later you came back and say what I said that you shame me for right yeah. huh yeah so, and, and so. I don't know you know I'm torn between the true motives behind people like this and agencies like the CDC part of me says well they they just like being listened to they like setting the rules and the standards. So that's that gets into their ego and things like that. Or they they genuinely don't know and but they want to look like they're doing something, right? Because they're the government, they're in charge and they're they're always supposed to have a solution. Even though they may not have a valid solution, they're at least going to tell you something so you think they have a solution. But when you look at this mask usage outside, that's never been backed by science. Even before COVID, because there were studies with how the flu is transmitted and whether mask usage inside a hospital setting with flu patients is useful or not. And all of those studies came out and said, we found no difference between wearing a mask and not wearing a mask in a hospital setting when it comes to flu transmission. Yeah. That was before COVID. Mm -hmm. And these were NIH studies that were published on the government website. And so... That you can say, well, that that's still being debated, but outside, it's never been, never been a thing 
to wear a mask outside in the fresh open air <laughs> when you're running cross country. Yeah. That's right. never been a thing. Wait and a so that, that's not happening anywhere, is it? Uh, well, a coach got fired. For, what was that, Massachusetts? Yeah. Uh, no, or somewhere uh, up on the northeast. Oregon. Oregon, I think it was. Yeah, the the, the cross country <clears throat> or the track. Well, coach. no, that, that happened. You're right. That happened twice. It happened in New England. Happened in the uh, Pacific Northwest. Uh, high school coaches protested because their track athletes are having to wear a mask right. while they're running outside. Right. And and uh, a coach got fired for that in Massachusetts? Yeah, I didn't hear uh, about that. Somewhere in Massachusetts, New Hampshire. Right yeah. Out, uh, he, the, 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 the school administrator yeah. said you have to wear a mask running track. And I watched college baseball the other day. And, by the way, Mississippi State, which I'm an alumni of, Mississippi State had more fans two weeks ago than the Yankees did. Mississippi State had 13,000 fans. The Yankees had 10,000 on a weekend baseball wow. game because right. New York's still limiting their capacity. But outside – But we're Neanderthals. <laughs> right, we're we the Neanderthals. <laughs> hey, but we can pack a stadium. Yeah, yes. Um, but I watched, I watched college baseball this past weekend, and outside, 78 degrees, sunshine, fresh air blowing in Vanderbilt in Nashville, Mississippi – I mean, I Nashville, Tennessee, Tennessee – and they're wearing masks. It's 80 field? degrees. Out of the no, field? the fans oh, the are fans. wearing masks. Well, they're Nashville. Nashville's a, I understand what you're saying. Nashville's yeah. like a, you know, they're a big city with but, some liberal. But my, my point, my point is, is that that it so many even doctors are saying, "Yep, mask outside." That's backed by science. These are doctors. They went to school for eight to ten yeah, years based garbage. on on science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they're ignoring the science here. Well, what gets me is uh, all the players on the field in college baseball are fine. No mask. Yeah. And you got the umps yes. who are 30, 30 yards away from anybody right, except right. the home plate umpire with their mask on. Yeah. It's just it's so ridiculous. And yeah. you're going, why are you doing this? Except that it's virtue signaling. Right. And President Biden was the only one world leader out of 40 who had his mask on. On Zoom. On Zoom at an international meeting. Other day, and he's vaccinated. He's vaccinated, and he's sitting in his in the Oval Office or wherever he was sitting with his mask on. To me, that says to me that says you know what? I don't trust the vaccination, huh? Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm gonna layer up with my mask so a whole world can see me, muffle my talk, (laughs) while I while I while I while I recommend while I say that vaccinations are the way to go. Yeah. So maybe we should wear a mask on today's issues. People are thinking. I know. (laughs) Because we're big on virtue signaling. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, we are. All right. Sandy Rios joins us now. Sandy joins us. She's been waiting patiently, or at least waiting. (laughs) We don't know how patient. uh, uh, Sandy is Director of Governmental Affairs for American Family Association and heard each weekday morning on this here network with the Sandy Rios in the Morning Radio program. Sandy, good, good morning to you. Good morning. I just, I have one burning thing I have to share. It's burning? Pile yeah, on, it's burning. Sandy, pile Go. Burning. I, I was just, <laughs> in the earlier part of your conversation, I was reminded of a viral video of an Italian baby sitting in the high chair talking to his grandmother, and you couldn't understand a word he said, but he's going, and he's got his arms, <laughs> his hands are just going like, and it just goes on and on and see, on. Have you, have you, you seen mocking? that? Are you mocking <laughs> Italian? It is just so funny. It is so funny. Now, you, now you've sunk <laughs> to mocking Italian Italians. babies sitting in a high chair? Italians are, among, uh, Italians are among the most sensitive people yeah, that's in right. the world. Uh, they don't even mock each other right much. Uh, 
Uh, no kidding, is, you have to see this. It's hilarious. I do. I do want to see that. You got to. You got to send that. And like I like around. the way you injected the word viral. <laughs> In yeah, there, following up on our conversation yes, about COVID yeah, or Dr. Yeah. Fauci. Okay, okay, so some, can I just, I made little notes while I was listening. So some things occurred to me, if you want me to just say That's what why you're here. to me. Go. Um, well, when you talk about the CDC or Dr. Fauci, I, and there's a lot of jokes in there, and it is funny, and I have to do the same thing or else I'd go crazy, but you have to remember that the CDC and Dr. Fauci are not like honestly like confused or just mixed up, and neither are all the doctors reporting things that don't really line up with the science. It's because they are part of the totalitarian left. The CDC was co-opted decades ago. They are part of the contributing factor of the destruction of this country. The agencies, the federal agencies, have all been taken over by the radical left. And the CDC was taken over. I, I would say the earliest years I remember was Clinton, the Clinton years. So they're not into the science, not the real science. They're into whatever will support their leftist view and actually undermine and destroy the country. That really is honestly what it's all about. So as strange as it might seem, you try to figure, how could they say this? How could they? I would guess I'd just say, well, how could they push the Equality Act? Does that make sense at all, that there's no difference between the genders? Do they really believe that men should go into women's restroom, restrooms? No, they, they have a reason. They've got a purpose. It's deconstruction of the system. Same way with the voting bill, HR1, SR1. You think they really just are confused? They really genuinely think that black voters are being—now, some black voters— are being persuaded to that, but I'm talking about the, the minds behind this. Do you really think that they think this is about racism? No, this is about completely destroying any credibility of the electoral system yeah. so that they can take power. No, 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 and I could go. Well, it, isn't, it isn't a matter of them not understanding. It's they, right. they, they understand, and they don't care, they're pushing an agenda. And, and I don't think that they see it, that is the, the, the left wing in this country, especially the hard left, Sandy, they, they wouldn't see this as, quote, destroying the country, end of quote, as you described it. We understand what they're doing is destroying the country as we've known it. Our history, our heritage, our values, our way of life, our freedoms and liberties, all those things. Under siege by the secular left in this country, they see it as advancing mankind and, and what, what they, what they want to do with all these crises be it COVID or stirring up animosity toward police officers and te teaching uh, children to hate white people is what they're wanting to do. All this, is to, and especially the attacks on the police, is to centralize power. Okay, That's one of the major reasons our country was divided uh, constitutionally and our states were allowed to have... Uh, Autonomy, autonomy, as long as they operated under the United States Constitution. <clears throat> but the, the founders knew that once you centralize power, then tyranny is the next step. Because that's the human condition, right? That's the, that's the sinful nature of man. So my point is, all these, a lot of these things, maybe a lot of these things that we're talking about where you scratch your head and go, why would somebody do something like that? Why would uh, why would these scientists be used by the left in what you described, I think, as a uh, part of the totalitarian uh, motive here is because you can centralize power, right? So what they want to do ultimately is take away policing 
from the cities and the states, and they're going to want to make this a federal policing, right? Uh, nobody agrees with me here? Well, yeah. Well, let, well let me, uh, let, me just, let me let me counter that just a little bit. I just had a long conversation with David Horowitz, and David is a, you know was a radical of the 60s. Uh, he worked with the Black Panthers. Uh, he was he, he's a, he was a red diaper baby. His parents were communists. Yes, we've had him on he, before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and he, and he's going to be my guest on Friday. Good. I would say that uh, David would say I had this this conversation with him. He would say that when he was a communist working in California with the Black Panthers, he fully they were trying to destroy the American system. They wanted to destroy America. America was the great en- enemy of the communist. Um, mindset and indoctrination. And he also said something that really took me aback. I, I always think of, and I believe this, both are true, but okay, but we always think of, I say this, that the communists um, and leftists are, they plan meticulously and they have what, the, the long march to the institutions and all of this. I asked David about that. He said, they don't have a plan. He said, their plan is for destruction, but after that, they have no idea what to do. And he said, he talked about the border being an example of this. They, they, uh, they are unleashing havoc, wreaking havoc for all of us uh, at the border by allowing so many people to just float, flood over, not only with diagnosed with COVID, but the crime, the money spent, all of it. Uh, but they, he said they don't have a plan on how to manage any of that. They just want to destroy. So, so their plan, I guess, is for the deconstruction. Uh, the communists want communist rule. Uh, and that's what that goes to what you were saying, uh, Tim. It is one party rule, but they, the party they have in mind is not Democratic Republican. It's a different party. Uh, they want to bring people under subjection and control, uh, and they do want to deconstruct the family. They want to deconstruct. Certainly, want to destroy Christianity. Mm. So um, it's it's a you know it's a mixed bag, right. and it's hard for us to get our minds around. It's just hard. Yeah. Well, uh, so David Horowitz com- coming up Friday. On your show? Yes, yes. Okay. He'll be my guest. And Ken Kitchenelli will be with me tomorrow. Oh, wow. Good. And so, uh, yeah, we'll be talking about the border. So it, it should be a good show. Hey, thanks, Sandy. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. You're very welcome. Talk to you guys soon. Okay, bye-bye. That's Bye. Sandy Rios joining us. Uh, man, she's got some great guests on yeah. every morning. Yes. But, uh, uh, great lineup. Great insights. What, uh, what do you think about what she said right there? Well, I, I mean, I absolutely uh, agree in and uh, what you were saying in terms of centralization of power. See, a lot of folks um, d- don't realize that the, the start of the progressive movement in this country, roughly 1880 to 1920, it, it, the public face of progressivism collapsed in the wake of World War I because of the destruction, uh, the League of Nations folded, all their dreams seemed to go away, but... It continued on in universities and colleges and stayed alive that way. But the whole goal of the progressive movement was, uh, in fact, their their leaders all said this. They disagreed with the Declaration of Independence. Uh, uh, there was no human nature, so to speak. Yeah. And they did not like always having to decide everything by vote. The progressive movement, including Presidents like Woodrow Wilson, they believed in the administrative state. You take and you marshal the wisdom of science and experts, and they're the ones who need to make the rules and regulations. They looked to Europe as an example. And the reason why 
there is hostility to the Constitution. They may say we believe in the Constitution, but they don't believe in what the Constitution does, which is separation of powers, because progressives believe in concentration of power, because that's the only way for the administrative state to to get done what needs to get done. Yeah. So when you have something like this pandemic, the quote-unquote experts tell the American people how they must behave. Now, I'm not saying that some of that wasn't good initially when we were talking about 15 days to, you know, to flatten the curve. I think most Americans thought, okay, let's do that. But where did it wind up? It wound up with places like Nevada saying the casinos can be open, but churches can't. Yeah. The experts, quote unquote, will tell you how to live your life. That is the heartbeat of progressivism. And that's why they don't like the Constitution, because the Constitution says we're going to separate powers Progressives always want to concentrate power in the federal in the federal government. Yeah. Fred? You know, Sandy was just talking about the border, and I want to play a clip from Congressman Chip Roy of Texas and also Kendall County Criminal District Attorney Nicole Bishop, who basically say the cartels have taken over our southern border. Cut number six. What the administration is doing is embarrassing. And worse than that, it's endangering Texas. And I want all the folks that I represent in Texas and everybody else watching this around the country to know that cartels aren't just happening at the border, they're happening in your communities. I guarantee you right now, there's cars moving, not just narcotics, but human beings for profit. And right now, the the Biden administration doesn't care. You need to care because it's coming into your communities. This isn't a border policy issue. This is a cartel issue. And we are under attack, if you will. Here's what's interesting. The mainstream media has almost abandoned this story completely. It is still as bad. It's getting worse day by day. But the mainstream media. Why? Why? Because they don't want to be critical of the Biden agenda. Yeah, right. Because they want him to be able to accomplish other things. Yes. And they want he, open he, borders. If he's damaged right. by the open borders. Right. Millions of people coming here illegally. So they want to, they're going to, the mainstream media is going to try to ignore this. Yes. And they are. Even though we got 25, 30,000 children now housed in places and more coming. Just like yeah. they covered for Hunter Biden during right. the campaign. Right, right. We don't want to cover it. We'll block it from being covered. Right. You can't we, share the New York right. Post story because it could damage Joe Biden's And we want him to be, to be able to accomplish other things. So we don't want to, uh, so we just won't cover it. Right. Um, all right. Thank you, Fred. You are welcome. Walker, Ed, and Tim will return. Yes, I spoke in third person. (laughs) We'll return with Steve in just a few minutes. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio. Faith, family, 